Welcome to 20 Not Something, the podcast for 20-somethings who haven't quite figured out what their something is yet. Each week, I'll be speaking to a different guest about their experiences of this messy decade to reassure you that everything turns out all right in the end. Because doing something in your 20s can actually mean doing anything that makes you happy. Today's guest is someone who I have wanted to come on the podcast for such a long time and I am so excited to tell you that today I am joined by the UK's leading life coach and number one international best-selling author Jacqueline Hurst. Growing up in North London, Jacqueline was bullied from an early age which led her to feeling incredibly lonely and isolated. Throughout her teenage years, she turned to drugs and alcohol and entered her 20s decade with cripplingly low self-esteem, as well as suffering from anorexia, bulimia and severe anxiety. Her early 20s saw Jacqueline through various jobs as a PA and a secretary, but she continued to struggle internally and was fighting a battle which was showing no signs of easing. It was an incredibly tough period of her life, and by the time Jacqueline hit 25, she was squatting in an empty flat, suffering from drug addiction, out of touch with friends and family, and had hit what she refers to as rock bottom. It was only after finally admitting she needed help that Jacqueline was able to turn a corner, get clean, and take ownership over her life again. She discovered self-development and travelled to the US to get training in neuro-linguistic programming, where she found a passion for coaching and understanding the importance of mindset. When Jacqueline turned 30, she became a full-time coach, qualified hypnotherapist and an NLP master practitioner. This is, of course, an incredibly condensed overview of what was a decade of tremendous highs and unthinkable lows. Jacqueline has since gone from strength to strength in the coaching world, as well as being a columnist for GQ. She has also written the best-selling book, How to Do You, and has helped thousands of people across the world, myself included, to step into their power and realise their full potential. Jacqueline's tremendous empathy, vulnerability and brutal honesty has impacted so many lives and her desire to grab life by both hands every day is truly infectious. In her very powerful words, every day now I feel grateful I'm still alive. There are so many times I should have died from the number of drugs I'd taken. Now I just put my arms around that 15 year old girl I was and tell her how much I love her. Jacqueline Hurst, welcome to 20 Not Something. What a lovely um, introduction. That's probably, I've, I've done lots of these. That's the really, a really a, an amazing introduction. So thank you for putting all of those words together. And what an honor to be here, Emma. Oh, thank you so much. No, the, the honor is all mine. I can tell you that now. Honestly, I've been a distant admirer for a long time. So thank you for being here um, and giving us your time because I know you don't have much of it. So um I wanted to kick things off by asking you the same question I ask everyone and that is when you were sort of 18 19 and looking into your 20s can you remember what the one thing you wanted the most was when I was 18 or 19 mm, sort of looking down the barrel you know that for me I was in such deep addiction during that time um that all I wanted was um to be clean um and sober that was all I wanted and I couldn't imagine what life would be like um with a peaceful mind like I couldn't even imagine what that would be like my mind was so busy um on this negative spiral and I was as I said like deep in addiction but I think you know I pretty much didn't know what day it was when I was 18 19 to be Mm -hmm. honest and I just remember thinking you know am I ever going to be able to like stop you know Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was, it. you know, it's probably quite 
it's probably a little bit different from you know hopefully most of your listeners um but it was a it was a you know it, i've had a very unconventional quite extreme um journey really mm. Mm. and uh yeah that's uh that's probably where i was for sure i mean i read somewhere that um i think you said that by the time you'd reached 25 you'd felt like you'd lived an entire life um and i can't imagine what that must have been like but i guess thinking back to that time I mean, do you believe that everything happens for a reason? A hundred percent. I'm a really big believer of that. Like I believe that the universe delivers us, you know, life experiences for us to evolve through. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that this is, you know, the, the journey of being, you know, a, a, a soul in a, in a body, basically. And this is the, in quotes, the human experience. So I'm very much a believer of everything happens for a reason. Everything happens to grow us and to elevate us. You know, if we are aware enough to grow through these processes or we just keep repeating the same patterns, you know, in what I sort of say, you know, they, people talk about insanity as repeating the same patterns and expecting a different outcome. And I think a lot of us go through life like that until we learn not to. But I do think Emma, that, you know, when you said to me, would I come on this podcast and it's the 20 something podcast, I, it really was, um, you know, it touched me really because I feel that or think that, you know, our twenties, especially as women is really quite a tough time. We're really, um, you know, there's insecurities and there's confidence issues and we don't think that we're good enough and we aren't quite sure where we're going and everything can feel very confusing. And, and, you know, for, for me, I never even had social media. Gosh, I've like almost said my age, um, you know, like, so I didn't grow up really with that starting until later for me. So you guys have got that too. And, I think that's a really tough time for a woman because you're really, you know, trying to explore who you are um, during your 20s. And we grow so much from 20 to 30. You know, we can we can have such different opinions and views from, you know, age 20 to age 30. Mm. And one of the biggest things I would say is like, just be kind to yourself, like take the pressure off and just be kind and gentle. Like you are going to get that. It is going to be okay. You will find the answers. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> these are the things I wish someone had said to me, you know, going through mm. those ages. But yeah. I think for me, my 20s to 30s were one of the biggest, you know, I changed like radically different from A to B. Mm. It's so interesting you say that because it makes me think of like the power of knowledge. Um, and I've had some coaching in the past and my coach at the time would say, Emma, if in 10 years, like I could stand here saying to you everything that you're going to achieve and I know it for a fact that's going to happen and I'm telling it to you now how would you live your life differently? And I was like, I'd be so much more chilled out. I literally wouldn't care. But then I, but then that in itself is like, oh, but then if I don't care, then would I get to that point? And then I just go around in circles. I don't know if you have that experience. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. And they say to themselves, you know, if I'm not stressed, I won't get this work done. And if mm. I'm not, you know, if I haven't put this much pressure on myself, then that thing won't happen. But I'm just not sure I'm a believer of that. Like, I, you know, as you said in the introduction, I'm a real believer of, you know, life is such a gift, right? We don't know how much time we have. And I often say, you know, if this were your last day, what would you do differently? You know, would you not send your, you know, CV off just in case? And would you not tell this person that you like them? And would you not speak up? And, you know, you would do things so differently. And I say that a lot to clients, like, what would you do if you could not fail? Like, if you could not fail, what would you do? And 
literally I see them change in front of me, their whole energy changes of like, oh my God, I would do this, I would do that. And I just don't know, you know, we don't have to have such tight reins on ourselves, you know, we could be a lot nicer. Mm. I'm curious to ask you, you know, turning 25 and having that sort of shift in mindset, which you did, I mean, I know we only have a short amount of time, so it might be difficult to get into it, but going from that space of being self-destructive and afraid to then moving into that space of, oh, I can see a future that I I, I can grasp. What did that look like to you and how did it happen? Because surely something like that can't happen overnight. So I want to be very clear, like I did not see a future. All I knew was that what I could just get to bed you know, could I stay clean for the day? <laughs> right. So my my whole thing was about one day at a time. And it was such a brilliant way to learn to live my life because I can achieve anything in a day, right? Like I can achieve staying clean in a day. I might not be able to achieve it, you know, if I thought to myself, right, I've got to do this for a year and I've got to do this for 10 years. Like I'm 19 years clean this year. And I said this to a client this morning, like I got there one day at a time. Mm. That's it. And I think that, you know, when we project into what we think our future should be, we've like, we've lost ourselves. Like we've got now, we've got today. Like, what can I do today that will be beneficial for me? What could Mm. I do this morning that will be beneficial? What can I do this afternoon that will be beneficial? And that's the way to start to allow your life to sort of unfold, which doesn't mean you don't have goals and things that you want to achieve. But sometimes breaking them down can make things feel a lot more kind of effortless, really. Mm. It's mm. not so pressurizing, right? If I, if I say to you, what, you've got to do this thing every day for a year so that you're there in a year's time in your future. It's like, ah, you know, I definitely felt like that anyway. I mean, mm. yeah. It's, it's interesting. I think it all at the end of the day comes back to control and I think in all of the research, I mean, I I, I really love self-development and I think that mindset is great. And I feel like it is very saturated at the moment, especially on Instagram with quotes and, you know, you can't get away from it. But I do truly believe that once we accept that we have ownership and the power over the things that we can control and sort of letting go of the things that we don't. And I wanted to ask you, what percentage of your life do you feel like you have control over now compared to like, if I'd asked you that in your early twenties? So like, I just want to be very clear that the only thing I can control is my mind. I can't control anything else. Mm. I have no control, neither of you or anyone listening, right? You have no control. You can't control people, places, things. You can't control what other people think. You can't control what other people do. You can't control what other people say. You can't control whether people like you or not. I mean, we could be doing this, Emma, for like the next, you know, five hours, right? So I can't control anything other than me and my head. Mm. So when I can get my mind right, everything else can fall into place. And where people go wrong, and it's not their fault because they're not taught, I certainly wasn't is that we're so busy trying to control the situation, i.e. what someone else is thinking or doing or saying or whatever, that, that, you know, we're losing ourselves. We think that it's the situation that creates how we feel, but it's not, it's our mind. Mm. Our Mm. minds are so powerful. That's why, you know, I wanted to create my course and write my book was to push out into 
you know, the world. Like when you get your mind right, you get everything right. And it's a process, right? But I, I think I think the biggest illusion is that we can control things outside of ourselves. Like ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it is funny I see it all the time on dating apps when it when I scroll and they're like um what are you looking for and it says someone um who doesn't take life too seriously and who's really chilled out and like who isn't a control freak and I just think to myself I think we're all slightly control like it's so scary to admit to the fact that we have no control and I even hearing you say that I'm like yeah but surely I have control over some things but I guess it is all just in my my action I can have control over my actions right and my thoughts yeah you've got to have control over your thoughts first like you're you're Mm. being aware of how to utilize your mind properly and how to think properly is really important because Mm. that's the only control you have got right is your attitude your head where it's at what's happening in your head Anything outside of you, you don't. I mean, I, I think it's just a form of, you know, which I talk about a lot and people don't like, but it's called surrender. Surrendering mm-hmm. to the fact that I can't control what you think is very powerful. It's really, you know, peaceful as well. When I stop trying to control everyone and everything, I'm like, oh, there's a little bit of peace I haven't <laughs> had before, right? Like, oh, hi, it's peaceful. <laughs> for sure yeah. it reminds me actually of um I loved the podcast you did on should I delete that with M. Clarkson and Alex I thought it was it was really powerful and I know that you spoke a lot about that there but I wanted to ask you so I'm one of those people who um I really struggle with confrontation always have like no backbone <laughs> and the way that you were talking about how um when when you have a disagreement with someone it's your responsibility how you respond to that and like you can take whatever they say in in a number of different ways and actually sometimes it's you can just say oh i'm going to take what you've said in this way and that that and my question was like in relation to that how 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 basically how do you balance them having their opinion and my having my opinion while still carrying an element of like self respect for myself because when someone says something to me, which I don't agree with, I'm really trying now to be better at saying how I feel about it. But I'm also very aware that that is like an emotional response. So how do you balance that? Does that make sense? By doing, yeah, by learning how to think correctly. Again, it's all about your thoughts, right? So it's a process that I work with, with my clients about learning how to unravel your mindset, ultimately, of like unpacking it to repack it in the right way. And, you know, a lot of the time people think about things, as you said, it's their perception, it's their opinion, it's their view, and it's not always correct. But that's that work is very hard to do on your own because I think it was Einstein, don't quote me on this, but I think it was Einstein that was like, you can't solve the problem with the same mind that created it. So you've got to, in other words, like learn how to, you know, get a bit of help around that stuff so that you don't carry these things into your 30s, 40s and 50s. You know, sometimes I work with clients in their 60s and they're like, I wish I'd come to you at 20. And I think, yeah, I get that. Like, do the work as early as you can. You'll have a more peaceful life. Mm-hmm. And when you started Mindset, obviously, in, in that space, it wasn't as saturated as it is now. And I noticed maybe over the last year or so, maybe because of lockdown, I saw quite a few, well, quite a big backlash against it. Um, I don't know if did you notice that as well 
I think there's this thing called toxic positivity or something. I don't, yeah. to be fully honest, I'm not quite sure what that entails. But, you know, I think that it is, um, there's so much to say on the subject, you know, and everybody's different and what works for one might not work for another. But, you know, I'm a really big believer that for me, when I was looking for help, it was like the person had to have experience of what I had experienced for me to have any form of sort of respect or or belief that they would be able to help me you know like so that was just my feelings around it and that really matters to me and I think that there's um there are a lot of people that are you know throwing around this 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 and this and okay but I do believe that the truth always comes out in the end so if you're someone doing that and then someone says okay can you coach me and you get a client and the client's like well this person's shit they haven't got a clue what they're talking about you're going to be found out at some point so I'm really big on authenticity and transparency. And, and I think that's really important in this field. You know, I've had people that have got, you know, lots and lots and lots of followers um, that have come to me and said, right, I need you to coach me because I want to coach people. And I'm like, well, what's that about? Hang on, slow down. And they're like, well, you know, I've got all these people reaching out for help and I might have, you know, I don't know, 700,000 followers and now they're asking me to to coach them and I and I'm like well how have you portrayed yourself as a coach or as what and that you know and then it starts to get a little bit murky and actually Mm. they can't help people and they can put a quote up on an Instagram but that's as much as they can really do when Mm. you scratch the surface look I think fundamentally anyone that's putting out this stuff deep down fundamentally is trying to help people and that's a good thing but I think when it comes down to coaching I think just make sure that you're with somebody that you've got rapport with that you believe in that feels authentic to you that stuff's really really important Mm. and yeah when I started Emma you know I remember talking about mental health and people were like what mental what 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 what?" like they literally had no idea and I was like I'm a life coach they'd be like what's that what what you know it was so confusing for people Mm. um but I'd done a lot of my studies in America. So in America, it was, you know, as always with the States, they were like 10 years ahead of us and it was totally (laughs) normal for them. Mm. But I'm really glad it's a big thing now that people know about it and we're talking about it. There is also a limit to that too. Like, you know, there's um, everybody struggles with their mindset sometimes, you know, this is perfectly in quotes, normal. We're human, we're Mm. human. And I'm very, um, clear that we shouldn't label ourselves you know if we label ourselves as this this person with this issue and that issue and you know we will then start to live up to that we need to be careful of that too yeah I think I find it interesting because I mean obviously you suffered with severe anxiety and one of the quotes that I saw I saw an article going around and it was the headline was um you can't think your way out of depression and I find the whole conversation quite difficult, mainly because I'm not clued up on it either. But I know that there is a very big difference between mental health and then, you know, having a mental illness. And I wonder whether, yeah. like, do you think that maybe sometimes the messaging is getting lost because people are like, you can't say to someone who's clinically depressed that you have to think your way out of it. Do you think it's fair to say that you can think your way out of a really dark place. I do believe for some people that they can. Mm. And I think it's very relative um, because everybody's different. 
there is a difference between being, you know, severely depressed and having like a chemical imbalance mm. when it comes to depression. You know, that would be very hard to think your way out of, I would assume. And you would need to get some help with, um, you know, antidepressants and, you know, then you would do your work. I would still suggest doing the work on, on mindset, but I think sometimes some people need a bit of help. Mm. And then, but I think that that's a smaller percentage of the people that may be thinking that that really is what is happening. And then there's the other side of it where, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that one can think themselves out of, you know, for example, anxiety, I believe is created in our minds, I don't think that is, you know, this is, again, just my personal opinion and people, some people might not like it, but I'm not a believer in like anti-anxiety pills because I think it's the mindset. I think when we really actually sit down and are willing to do our work about our mindset, we can then get rid of anxiety. So, you know, there's this fine balance, isn't there, of what's what. But I do believe there's a lot of things that we can think our way out of, but we have to be taught how, Mm. you know, positive thinking sounds very good, but it never really worked for me. You know, being like, oh, I'll just be positive about that. Well, I just, how the fuck am I going to be positive about that? I don't even know how to be, right? That's what I talk about when I talk about doing in quotes the work. It's teaching you how to actually do it. For Mm. me, it was the same. And I say this a lot. For me, again, personally, affirmations never took me there. Like I could stand in the mirror whilst I was putting on a lot of weight from from recovering from anorexia and I could not stand in the mirror going, you know, oh, I'm beautiful. Oh, I love myself. Everything's going to be all right. I didn't believe that. So I had to understand about how to use my mind in a way that was going to make me start to believe that. And that's where the work comes in. So you know like you said there's a difference between mental health and mental illness absolutely correct there's a difference between in quotes positive thinking and I believe the other thing is learning how to think Mm. so interesting so interesting um touching on body image there I wonder if when you moved into the mindset space obviously it's a whole world there's a lot of noise but it must have really helped you on your journey and then obviously to self-discovery and then becoming a coach but did you have to set aside time and energy to focus on that part in terms of your like physical body as well in terms of recovery or did it it come with the mental recovery as well I think it was a bit of both my you know that was one of the hardest things I went through I was in I had like as I said a a drug addiction class a drugs for 10 years of my life and it never got better it only got worse and and that was you know when you get clean you put down the drugs right you put down the drugs and it's bloody hard work to to not only get clean and but in the beginning to stay clean that was like hard enough But then after I'd like, you know, been clean for a little while, I realized, oh God, hang on, I've got anorexia as well. Like I, I guess I need to deal with that too. And that was really tough for me because with drugs, you put it down with food, you've got to eat. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I found that whole body image and recovering from an eating disorder, very painful and very tough. I did not have what you guys have today, which is a body positivity movement. Like I I didn't have that. As I said, we didn't have social media. I just, thank goodness, found a very amazing, strong New York woman who literally whipped me into, you know, the right headspace around my food and my body image. But 
you know, I went from like a double zero to a size 16, 18 when I was recovering and I had to live out my, you know, my worst nightmare for an anorexic, which was putting on any weight, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I was doing so much work on myself and my head and it was a real, you know, it was a full-time job at the time. Um, but it was the, you know, looking back, you know, it still makes me feel quite emotional about it because it was so hard, but I am a believer that we do and can recover, you know, anorexia isn't just, I'm very thin, it's in the head. Mm -hmm. So we can recover from that. You know, I have a really healthy, um, relationship with food. I, I'm a, I'm a food lover. I'm, I'm a believer of, you know, eating everything I have. I'm in what I call radical allowance. Everything's allowed. Everything's good. Like there's no control around it at all. You know, I never thought I'd get there. And that's what doing the work, it's, it takes energy and effort and persistence. But if you really want to get well, it's all possible, Emma. I'm so glad to hear that you're at that space now because suffering going through any trauma or eating disorder or addiction is it's it's so hard to overcome and so to be able to like speak to you sat there saying that it's possible I think that in itself is so reassuring yeah it's totally possible. and I think you know you're as you say in a 20 something podcast like in the 20 somethings you know this is a big deal eating disorders body image issues it's a big deal and you know it's funny isn't it? you it's one of those things where you can't see it at the time. But again, when you look back, you're like, why was I doing that to myself? Why was I hating on myself so much? Like we never ask ourselves those questions. Like we would never treat our friends in the way we treat ourselves. And this is work that's really important to do. Like life is too short for this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. it's too short for this stuff. hundred percent. And it's that um, thinking with the benefit of hindsight which is like the most powerful thing I think that your feed has taught me. It's like, imagine yourself in however many years looking back at this decision right now and like how important or how relevant or how are you going to feel about that then? Um, but I think that's why this decade is so hard because we don't have that experience. We don't have that life knowledge. Like I can't even remember like what I wanted at 16 that's why I always ask that question when people when I say to people like can you remember what you actually wanted from your 20s because I feel like most people don't because we don't really know yeah I mean as I said for me it was about I I really wanted just to get clean but you know that's Mm. the other thing you know I'm I'm I turned 44 in December and it's a really strange thing age is such a you know for me age is such a gift like I'm so blessed to be 44 I didn't think I'd make 26 so I feel very blessed about that but you know as a woman your everything changes your skin changes your body changes your hair changes you know everything changes and you know nobody's really talking about that stuff so when you're in your 20s you know your skin is great you know it's tight and it's perfect and you're you know, everything's where it should be, supposedly in quotes, like you're in the prime of your life in your 20s. But yeah, in your head, you don't think that you are, right? Now, I would say that at 44, I still believe I'm in the prime of my life, right? But at 20, I I 1000% believe that. But at 20, I would be like, you know, I would say to you, buy the fucking hot pants and wear them. You know, like go and put the mini skirt on on a Tuesday afternoon because why the fuck not, right? Like this stuff will change and you'll look back and go, hmm, I probably, you know, I remember, I mean, this is a long time ago because obviously Topshop's gone, but 
I remember turning like I think 35 or 36 and I went into Topshop and I looked at this like you know pair of silver hot pants and I looked at it and my friend was like hmm do you think you can now at 36 I did it and we were laughing we were like okay yeah like I'd never thought about this before like they're look, you can be someone who's like, yeah, I can rock them at 62. And I'm sure there are ways of doing it. But at, but at 26, you're just not thinking about that stuff. And that's why I would say, enjoy your life, live mm. your life, have fun, you know, do all of these things that you should be embracing, not feeling not confident or unhappy or anxiety, like grab your life. It's not mm. guaranteed. Oh, I love that. I really need to hear that. I think I need to write that on my ceiling in the morning or just like- do it. I used to um I used to have a little note that popped up on my phone and it would just say prioritize joy like uh, ev- yeah. like given intervals of the day just because we forget that. that we're supposed to just like be having a good time and it's so easy to worry what, yeah. why do you think why do you think we are programmed to like fear aging because you live in a society that tells you that you know God, the culture, the society, the patriarchal society. I mean, Emma, how Mm. long have you got, right? But (laughs) everything to do with age is supposedly wrong, which always makes me laugh. It's like, well, society tells me that I shouldn't get older, except guess what? I'm human and I'm naturally going to, and you're telling me it's wrong, like how funny. And, you know, it just makes me laugh. I find that whole thing really funny that it's like saying, you know, you've been born with brown hair and it's wrong. Like what? Who says Mm. that? And again, you know, in your 20s, you should really be questioning that. Where am I learning this stuff? Who's taught me that? Who's told me I need to be thin to be beautiful and worthy? Like, you know, you live in, we live in such a, you know, in the Western world, it's pretty fucked up on many levels with things like that, you know? Like, who told me that having, I don't know, a wrinkle is the wrong thing and I shouldn't do it or or I must always do X, Y, and Z to, in quotes, fit in? Like, I just don't. I just don't agree with that stuff, right? Like, I'm not going to be told by society what to do. And I, I learned that a lot when I was going through my body image stuff about, you know, rebelling against, because I never want to be told what to do. You know, you tell me to go right, and I'm definitely going left and taking pictures. And it's like, you know, society tells us we shouldn't do this thing, in which case, who's ever stopped and said, hmm, who's told me I need to be a double zero? Where did I actually learn that? Maybe it's my mom. Where did my mom learn that? Where did her mom learn that? Like, ask yourself the questions. Why is society telling me this? Oh, maybe they're trying to market me things that I can buy. Oh, I meant to not believe that I'm good enough. Why is that? Oh, I need to buy more things, right? Like, we we must open our minds to this stuff. Definitely. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I'm getting, like, a live therapy session. Thank you so much. Um, (laughs) My fighting. Yeah. Um, my, I have one last question because I saw it recently. Oh no, I heard it on a podcast actually. And it was saying that, um, rejection and failure don't exist. And I remember you saying that you don't believe in them. When did that shift for you? As in, when did you stop believing in them? I mean, I think rejection is protection. I think rejection is a redirection I think rejection is um something in my brain that does not exist like I can't be rejected unless I think you've rejected me (laughs) and I just wouldn't think like that I'd be like wow this is a good thing like this is good in the same way as failure 
I don't believe exists. I don't believe that, you know, I just don't, I just don't agree with it. Like that as if we've done this thing and we have in quotes failed, like to be, you know, to gain any form of success, we've got to, we've got to learn and we've got to grow. Well, how else do we learn and grow other than by getting something, doing something in a way that we think, oh, I could have done that differently. But we have to have the contrast. The contrast is really important. I've got to know what I don't want in order to know what I do want. So you can choose to sit there and be like, oh, I'm a failure and everything's failed and I'm rubbish. Like, if you want to do that, like, knock yourself out, have a great day. But personally, I don't think that's the best way to live your life, right? Like, there's other ways to do it. Like, oh, this is interesting. What did I learn from that? Or where am I meant to be going now, right? These are the sorts of things that are important when it comes to learning about your mindset. For sure. And like growth. And I guess those words, like they're buzzwords, but maybe they do exist, but just not in the context that we've been conditioned to believe that they exist, right? Because they're always just said such a negative way. Exactly. Check your conditioning. Check your conditioning. Brilliant. (laughs) Oh, thank you so, so much, Jacqueline. This has been so, so good. And thanks for, yeah, thanks for being on the podcast. I'm sure a lot of people are going to gain a lot of clarity. That's great. Thank you. And, you know, obviously there's the life class, which is the courses you can, you can get called the foundation course, which will teach you the stuff that we're talking about or my book, which is called how to do you, which you can get on Amazon and um, yeah, it will help. Yes, it will. I actually ordered it when I was um, interviewing you for this. I was like, I obviously need to get this book. So it's, I think it's arriving tomorrow, but. Great. I'd will, love to uh, hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Let me know. It'd be great. Absolutely will do. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day. Thanks for having me once again. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the 20 Not Something podcast. There is plenty more where that came from, so do hit subscribe to be the first to get notified of future episodes. It would also mean the world to me if you could please leave us a cheeky review on iTunes as that helps more people to find us. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Have a great week, whatever it is you're up to, and you will hear from us very soon.